Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season two of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, September 19th, the year of our Lord, 2021. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, we are living in some very difficult times that result in fear and doubt about God answering our prayers. We say we believe in the power of prayer, but when it comes to our individual lives and our own problems, we lack the faith to believe God will answer. Truth is, God wants to bless us because his nature is to care and bestow divine favor on us. But we place limits on God because of our lack of trust and our fear of stepping out on faith. When we come back, we're going to talk about the language of faith, not after God has answered our prayers, but in advance of answered prayer. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Today, we are looking at Psalm 20, the second psalm of trust. Our scripture reading is taken from Psalms chapter 20, verses 1 through 9, and I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along with the scripture reading. Now, reading from the book of Psalms chapter 20, beginning at verse 1, the psalmist writes, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Shelah or Shelah. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the King hear us when we call. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Lady, Psalms 20 differs from the Psalms we have studied thus far. Psalms 20 is a Psalm of David, and in it we hear the voice of the congregation praying for victory on behalf of King David as he prepares to go into battle. We know this because of the manner in which the Psalm speaks. 
In verses one through five, the psalm speaks in the first person, plural, using the word we. In verses seven through nine, the psalm speaks in the first person singular using the the word I. And verse six, which is nestled between the two previous sections, is more than likely King David's response or that of the high priest on his behalf. So let's unpack Psalm 20 as we talk about the language of prayer. Verses one and two read as follows. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the Lord of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. And these two verses, and based on the word we in verse 5, the congregation is praying that God will answer the prayer of the king who prays as he readies himself for battle. The word thee in our text is singular and therefore concerns just one person who is identified in verse 6 as the Lord's anointed. The images that come to mind are of King David in the sanctuary or the tabernacle of God, offering prayers and sacrifices before going into battle with a congregation of people looking on, responding to the king's prayer, saying, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The word thee translates into the word you. So the scripture would read, the Lord hear you in the day of trouble. You is King David. And this verse reveals how kingly aware the congregation is of the yet to be resolved life or death situation that King David will contend with. But Israel's king has faced life and death situations before. And with an eye of faith, the congregation is asking God to repeat what he has done in the past. Hear his prayer, defend him, send help for him, and strengthen him. As David was on the verge of leading Israel into battle, he needed God's help in each of these areas. We, as New Testament believers, can imagine this same prayer a prayer to be heard, a prayer for defense, a prayer for help, and a prayer for strength being offered prophetically for Jesus as he pointed himself toward the cross where he would fight the greatest battle against sin, death, and Satan's power. In David's prayer, he appealed to the Lord over and over again as the God of Israel. In verse 1, he calls himself the God of Jacob. Excuse me, not himself. He calls him the God of Jacob, which means he remembers Israel's patriarch. He asked God to send help from the sanctuary, which calls to mind the tabernacle, meaning residence or dwelling place, also known as the tent of the congregation, which was the center of Israel's worship. Then David asked God to strengthen him out of Zion. You will remember that last week we defined Zion as the hills of Jerusalem. Derek Kinder said, this word for sanctuary is simply holiness, a synonym here for Zion, where already God's ark, but not yet his temple, 
signified his presence. Zion or Sion with an S is in the New Testament was the highest and southernmost mount of Jerusalem. And it was sometimes used figuratively for the seat of the true church on earth and in heaven. As such, the congregation's prayer that God would strengthen you out of, out of Zion is fitting not just for the field of battle, but also for the church pulpit, which is a field of battle in a spiritual sense. This verse is an invocation for divine help, blessing, and guidance. In verse 3, the congregation continues praying. They say, remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. Prior to entering into battle, it was a common practice amongst the Jews to make sacrifices to the Lord. In this verse, the congregation asks God to receive all the sacrifices their king made on the eve of battle. There are two different kinds of offerings that form the basis of all answered prayer in the Old Testament. The first is a gratitude offering. No blood offerings were made with these. And the second were burnt offerings known as blood sacrifices. In verse 3, the burnt offering refers to the mincha, which was a gratitude offering, and it reminds us that God does not accept all offerings brought to him. Faith was crucial in the Old Testament sacrificial system because whoever brought the offering to God had to trust in the ultimate perfect sacrifice that God himself would one day provide, the one that each animal sacrifice pointed to, according to Genesis 22, verse 8, which says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And Genesis chapter 22, verse 14 says, So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will provide. We have discussed in prior studies that the word Selah at the end of this verse is defined as a Hebrew word that is found at the ending of verses in the Psalms has been interpreted as an instruction calling for a break or a pause in the singing of the psalm, or it may mean forever. Here, we reflect uh, on our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he faced the cross of Calvary. The prayer of Psalm 20 would be appropriate for him as he obeyed God the Father and faced the cross. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ was certainly comparable to a perfect burnt sacrifice as it was burned with the fire of God's righteous judgment and because Jesus held nothing back in his sacrifice of himself for the remission of the sins of the world. Verse 4 says, Grant thee, or you, according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. 
The congregation prayed that God would bless David with his heart's desire, which was to defend the people of Israel and the kingdom in covenant with God, namely Israel. One of the most well-known Bible verses concerns God's blessing you with the desires of your heart. It is found in Psalms chapter 37 verses 3 through 6, which instructs us to trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord. And God's promises is that he will give you the desires of your heart. So when our enemies like desires or when, sorry about that. So when our desires line up with God's plan or will for us, we can pray this same prayer and look to God to bring our desires into fruition and into conformity with his as we grow and mature in our walk with Christ. In addition, the congregation asked God to fulfill David's purpose. David's ultimate goal was victory for the nation of Israel and its people. So this prayer was appropriate. In a similar way, fulfill all thy counsel applies to the purpose of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as he engaged in battle to achieve our salvation. As we recall his struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane, we might pray to God, grant thee or you according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Then in verse five, the congregation expresses their confidence in David's success in battle, praying, we will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banner the Lord fulfill all thy petitions. The congregation has so much faith in God and trust in his deliverance that they were planning in advance of the victory to set up banners in the name of their God, signifying David's victory over his enemies. They were planning victory celebrations with flags that will be raised as an expression of God's triumphant glory. Then the congregation sang, the Lord fulfill all thy petitions, which further demonstrated the congregation's faith in God to fulfill the prayers of King David. This was true both of David and the son of David, according to John chapter 17, verses one through five, of the king of Israel and the king of kings. Jesus prayed, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou has given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I glorify thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And who could dare fathom 
that the father would not answer the prayers of his son. In verse 6, David expresses his faith that God would answer the prayers of the congregation who were his people Israel and save or rescue him, his anointed one or his anointed. In verse 6, David says, Now I that the Lord saveth his anointed, he will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. You see, ladies, all of the kings of Israel were God's anointed because they were all appointed to their office by an anointing of oil poured upon their head. This anointing with oil was a picture of the spiritual anointing with the Holy Spirit needed for the king's duty of leading the people of God as king. When David said his anointed, he is referring to himself as king of Israel. Likewise, it was also true that there would come an ultimate anointed one, the perfect king of Israel, the Christ, the Messiah. It was true of David and Israel in his day that the Lord saved his anointed and his people. It is even more true of the eventual and perfect anointed one, Jesus Christ. And when David said, he will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. He is that God. Does He is saying that God does save his anointed. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Verse seven says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of our God. Unfortunately, kings and people in powerful positions tend to trust in their own human strength, like nuclear weapons or military tanks, etc. In our text, David expresses the king's strength in chariots and in horses. But David refused to trust in human strength because the God because the God commanded in the law of Moses that the king of Israel would not multiply horses for themselves. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 16 says, but he should not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord hath said unto you, you shall henceforth return no more that way. David drew a contrast between those who trusted in their own human strength and he and his congregation who trusted in God. Dr. George Horn said it this way, in the spiritual war in which we are engaged, the first and necessary step to victory is to renounce all confidence in the wisdom and strength of nature and the world, and to remember that we can do nothing but in the name, by the merits, through the power, and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. David said, some trust in chariots and some in horses, 
but we will remember the Lord at the name of the Lord, our God. What David is saying is we put our faith in the persons and in the character of God expressed in his faithfulness to his covenant with Israel, which was stronger than 10,000 chariots or horses. Acknowledging how easy it is to forget the faithfulness of God. David is defiant when he says, we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Finally, in verses eight and nine, the Psalm says, They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. Like David and his congregation, we are living in some very difficult times. But unlike David and his congregation, our difficult times result in fear and doubt about God answering our prayers. We say we believe in the power of prayer, but when it comes to our individual lives and our own problems, we lack the faith to believe God will answer. Truth is, just as David, just as with David, God wants to bless us because his nature is to care and bestow divine favor on us. But we place limits on God because of our lack of trust and our fear of stepping out on faith. Psalms 20 verse 9 tells us that those who trust in their own strength were brought down and fallen, whereas those who exercise their faith and trust in God are risen and stand upright. As David awaited victory, he cried out, save Lord, let the king hear us when we call. This is the language of faith, not after God has answered prayer, but in advance of answered prayer. And it echoes verse one, which says, the Lord hear thee, that is you, in the day of trouble. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that via the Tithely app at Broken Vessels Mended and Whole at givelify.com. That's G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y.com. You may donate to Broken Vessels Mended and Whole or at, excuse me, Broken Vessels hyphen Mended and Whole via the PayPal or at Broken Vessels Mended and Whole at gmail.com. Or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization, P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. And don't forget to check in with me on Facebook Live at Evangelist Janice, that's J-A-N-I-S, Nelson today at 12 noon, Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you.